Hi, I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. Due to the pandemic, we bring you One Bad Mother straight from our homes, including such interruptions as children, animal noises, and more. So let's all get a little closer while we have to be so far apart. And remember, we are doing a good job. This week on One Bad Mother, you know what is worse than sleep regression? Human rights regressions. I talked to James author M about how the loss of one right can affect another and another. Plus, Biz needs to mind the shoulders. Woo! Um, it's the end of the school year. And for so many of us, what that means is that our child or children are graduating. They are moving on. Biz, I fucking did it. You did it. I raised an adult. My older son is graduating this year. It's fucking weird, man. (laughs) And I'm so lucky. He's a great student. He's a really great person. But what I really wanted to do was cheer and congratulate all of the other families out there that are also going through this huge moment. Like, we did it. We fucking did it. Holy hell. Thanks, Biz. You're welcome. I did all of it. (laughs) You not only made a human being, you made a human being into an adult. That is both terrifying and amazing. I agree. You know, that is a thing that a lot of us don't Think about with younger kids in our house, just as there are things that people with older kids in their house completely have blocked out about younger kids. There are kids graduating, going on to do other things, maybe college, maybe a job, maybe just farting around, maybe living in your basement forever. I don't know. They're all choices. (laughs) And either way, you fully responsible for making that happen. You did not go out for milk and never come back. You stuck around. And I agree. I agree. Everybody, round of applause for all the parents or guardians who have gotten a child that's in their house all the way up to adulthood. I see you. I see you. I applaud you. Gabe is applauding. I am applauding. Everyone is applauding. You have done an amazing job. And thank you for putting a good human out in the world. Good job. Speaking of thank yous, it is time for thank yous. Guys, I'm torn between keeping the thank you segment letting the thank you segment go and saying thank you, thank you segment for for what you've done. But the thought of letting it go actually weirds me out because thanking people is so nice. I love thanking people. And (laughs) getting rid of it makes it feel like I'm saying that the pandemic is over. And it's not. We're just all living in it in different and weird ways, right? So uh, I don't want to stop saying thank you until this pandemic is legitimately over. And even then I might not want to stop doing thank yous. So let me say thank you. Thank you to essential workers. And what have we learned this year? That there are a lot of you. Thank you to the people who kept the grocery stores running. Thank you to Everyone in the medical profession, it it hasn't slowed down for you. It's not like people stopped getting sick. Plus, you got COVID and all the stuff that kept us all out of the doctor's offices while we were terrified. So thank you for showing that. Thank you to all the people who work night shifts so that we can all do things during the day. I really see you. I really appreciate you. Thank you to everyone who helps get things on the shelves. And that reminds me, a big shout out to those who are dealing with the baby formula shortage. I really see you. I am a really 
sorry. And I'm not exactly sure who I'm supposed to thank. I know who I'm supposed to be really mad at, but I'm not sure who I'm supposed to thank. So I guess I'm just going to say thank you for just getting up, doing it, getting back to bed and then doing it again. Okay. Don't be scared to reach out. Don't be scared to ask for help. Let us all support each other during this really stressful time. So thank you to all the people who are out there trying to help end this baby formula shortage. All right, everybody. On to me. Raven has a dance this weekend. And it's not just like their school dance. It's like one of those dances where their independent school and all the other independent schools that are in the city all get together. And it's just for the seventh graders. And everybody's very excited. Raiden wanted to do a vintage dress. So we went to the thrift store and they are doing this really awesome vintage dress. And we got some new bands to go with it. Another friend of theirs, I love it, is going to go literally their mom was like you know those fan guys at the used car lots that's what my kid's wearing and I was like god I love our kids our schooling kids so much why I love them is because when the invitation went out it came with a letter from the school that's hosting the dance And that letter included a lot of rules, a lot of do's and don'ts. And my children found many of the don'ts very funny, including the don'ts that included that what young ladies wear. We just stop right there. (laughs) Let's just stop with what young ladies can wear. How about young people? It cannot... Show your shoulders. You can't be like in, I guess, a tank top or like a sleeveless dress. No shoulders. And this has really been cracking me up. There's also like no shorts or skirts that allow the bottom to hang out. And I was like, well, then you're not really wearing uh, shorts or a skirt. I know that you can and your butt would still hang out. But anyway, they're seventh graders. And then no lewd or sexually explicit dancing. But the shoulder thing, I've just been having a lot of fun with that because I guess it leads to big questions for me like, well, what were the quote unquote boys directed to wear are not rare? If their shoulders are revealed, will that be too titillating? Is the whole point of like not showing your shoulders so that you can like wave responsibility when all the raping begins? Like, I like, <laughs> I can't. I mean, that's what essentially we're insinuating. Are we not that like you can't do shoulders is too provocative. And I, I guess those attracted to shoulders might be unable to control themselves or work themselves up into such a frenzy that I, I don't know. I really do not know. But what I do know is that it ties in to what I want to talk about today. Guys, the last two shows we've aired had been pre-recorded. They were in order, but like we just had two in the can. And so I haven't really been able to have a chance to speak about the Supreme Court leak regarding Roe versus Wade being potentially overturned. That has brought up lots of feels for me. And I am sure many of you, some of those feels tie directly back to not being able to show your shoulders because it's somehow the shoulder's fault that it may lead to something dangerous. And just to set everybody on the same page, One Bad Mother has always been and will always be and has always been very upfront that we are a pro-choice show. So I thought it might be fun to talk to our old friend, James Arthur M., about how when one right goes, it might affect another right. 
Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Ms. and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. This week, I am so very happy to welcome back Former Max Fun host of Minority Corner, way for seven years, 350 plus episodes, James Arthur M. I can't believe that's over. We'll talk about it. Frequently, he hosts for Marvel.com, just recently hosted the Marvel Studios red carpet premiere of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which also we could talk about. You can get him every morning. You get a little, a little wakey, wakey, eggs and bakey every morning because he hosts Get On Up on your Echo device or YouTube on back channel, head of diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging at TaskRabbit and completing a certification at Cornell on a mission to create connection, equity, joy, and authentic belonging while dismantling all isms. <laughs> Welcome, James. Yeah, it's a lot. Wow, thank you. I made Viz say every one of those yeah, words did. and she did it. She I did, did it. it well. And then I added some. I, added I appreciate some it. Can I first of all just I two two things to say at the top of the show? First of all, hi Max, fine. I, I feel know. it's so it's so wild to it, it's weird, but also exciting to be back because you're like, oh, I'm gone, and then it's a Max Fun fan bam. I uh, know we it. will <laughs> always pull you back in on this yeah. show. <laughs> <laughs> and Biz, I have to thank you because I don't know if the listeners know Biz and I for like months were actually <laughs> no, they do, don't like, know. Okay. Biz and I actually almost had a daily morning show. Somehow this happened. It really started because we had hosted last year's Maximum Fun Drive. It was such a hit. Ah, Agents were ringing up the phone. They were just, they couldn't <laughs> stop calling. Get these Somebody two people else. a show. <laughs> Get these two people a show. And so Biz and I were working on, on a show. What It was Wake we were, Up Call. Yes, Wake, Wake Up, up Call. call. That's right. That's, with Biz we did a pilot and Jam. With Biz and Jam, we had yep. did a pilot. But it came down to it. It's just like, uh, <laughs> Biz yes. was like, I think this place, can I say shit show? She was no, like, I think this is going to be that. <laughs> Mine was, I felt it might require a little yes. more patience more. on my yep. part. And uh-huh. I didn't feel financially it yep. was going to make that yes. worth it. And y- y- children you, at 5.30 yes, no, in totally. the morning. Now, yep. I desperately want to do anything, anytime, all the time with James, with you. (laughs) And I was having a wonderful time doing doing our, yeah. So anyway, so I (sighs) gave up, I quit, I ran away in fear. (laughs) I went out for milk and did not come back. But you made a stay, smart choice. Made a smart you choice. stay, no, but you stay and it's, you're working with Renee. And I'm working with Renee, also Maximum Fun fun, fun Fam, because it was, it was, and it's one of those things too, when you're doing a daily show, it's got to be someone that you want to see yeah, exactly. every day. So it's pretty much like, it was like, it, it's either got to be with you, Renee, or even like Aneke, but so many people, it's such a tough schedule yeah, so weird. to do. Because again, like you said, we're up at 5.30 in the morning every mm-hmm. I'm a night person. This yeah. has been... Such an adjustment, <laughs> but it's a lot of fun. The one yeah. thing, like the show's really fun. It's interactive, so the audience gets to, like chime on in, and we're like, "Oh, that's really great, Susie. You said pizza. Well, we're talking about Ukraine, but <laughs> glad that you like pizza." <laughs> How'd you get that pizza with gas? Get <laughs> that gas. Yeah. Where do you think mm-hmm. the gas comes mm-hmm. from? Oh yeah, I would have. We would have had a good time. So it's it's like the Today Show, but like Hoda can't respond to you, so we're more responsive <laughs> than Hoda and Jenna Bush. So you're welcome. Hi. You are. <laughs> but I welcome. want to say thank you oh. because it it wasn't for you tapping me. I wouldn't be doing the show, and it is it's a great gift to at least still be, even as it's been a lot of growing pains in the first few months of it. <laughs> but I thank you, and I'm also grateful to be able to be on a show where I can say fuck. Can oh I say yeah, fuck? yeah. Let's break that habit. <laughs> 
Let's break my habit and send you back. Full of fucks. Full of fucks, oh, my college a, band. Been a long time since so I've had a public fuck. I mean, set a public fuck. Okay. Well, I know, because well, with Marvel, you also can't say the can. public fucks. Oh, man. It's weird how your brain switches, yeah. how immediately it's like you're like, I'm a kindergarten teacher. Yeah. He would be over. a wonderful kindergarten teacher. Uh, I, yeah, I I could do a lot of things, but it doesn't mean I should. I've I taught, get fair. I've, I've taught like the little ones, like theater. It's uh, uh, I mean, I could do it, but yeah. then I want to drown them. And I don't think right. that's healthy yeah. for anybody. <laughs> then we would like you to not teach our children theater. If that I is, mean, I could. I, I could. Yes, yes, I appreciate that, but it is okay. All right, so we've set up. That yeah. James and I are a good time. If this is your first time ever listening to, hey, one bad mother. Yeah, this show's weird now. And two, <laughs> if you are not familiar with James, get the to past episodes or to yeah. his podcast, which has ended, but still lives on. It still lives on. Still, still lives on. Still very accurate. I and know. Unfortunately, I mean, it still is. everything we've talked about still applies today. <laughs> and that's why I want sometimes you come on and we're like, I don't know, kids, whatever. <laughs> but this time I was like, all right, we we had some shows in the can that we released yeah. after Max Fun Drive, <laughs> right in the middle of Max Fun Drive. Happy Max Fun Drive. Oh, no. Uh, SCOTUS yeah. uh, oh, had a leak. Yeah. Oh, my, oh, my God. And uh, I just haven't had a chance to talk to anybody about my seething rage yeah. and while I, it was so funny, James, I was mm-hmm. saying to a friend, as I sit here and think, you know, Teresa's left the show and mm. I, I don't, you know, we're trying to figure out where's one bad mother going. I was like, so like seething and anger about the potential for Roe v. Wade to be overturned and all of these rights being lost. And like, there's a crisis in form. I mean, just, you name mm. it. Parents are really getting shitted upon, especially the ones who identify as female. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll just turn One Bad Mother into like a podcast where like feminism meets motherhood. And then I was like, oh, wait. I think we've been doing that. I was going to say, I don't understand what, I'm like, oh, you're going to keep doing the thing that you're already doing? Great. Nobody yeah, should be please. surprised that we're about to talk about this. Is basically what I'm not. trying to say. No. Because I know that you and I will go lots of places. What I kind of want to center on is yeah. it can be very easy to think that one potential right being taken away. Mm-hmm. That's only it. Like, actually, I hear that mm-hmm. argument where, like, people mm-hmm. who support the overturning of Roe v. Wade say, why is everyone saying it's going to affect all these other things? Mm-hmm. Because it's just this one thing. Mm. And I disagree. Yeah. Because there are multiple things happening right. at the same time. So I want to get into that. And I yeah. want to get in a little bit to hear from you as somebody who is both african-american and gay mm-hmm. and charming and smart okay and pretty <laughs> uh, <laughs> i want to start with i guess what is happening yes well <laughs> uh yes so break that down how much time do we have so i mean it's really yeah. like i think you alluded to it well first of all i re- npr did a poll recently and so two-thirds of americans don't want roe v wade to be overturned right. so that's and so then it's like well then what's the what's government so then on one point though i will say like i don't know what the polling was during let's sure. say segregation times for brown free board of education sometimes you do need the supreme court to step in yeah. to do the right thing but I think this is like then a backing for, well, then our Congress should be able to step in to say for what the will of the people is. So you said like, what is happening? And I think connecting to these are not isolated incidences. And it's so incredibly important for people to to see that it's not. And I recommend it's a very short read. It's an hour long audible book and it's called On Tyranny. Mm. And it shows 22 examples to show when you are heading towards a dictatorship. And it uses things like the things that happened in Nazi Germany. And reading this book, I read it like a year ago, and it's it's alarming to see we've already crossed that. It doesn't matter yeah. that 45 is not still there. There's a dictatorship or, or, or conglomerate of power. And I think the thing that you – why is this happening? It's because they're trying to get power. They don't care <laughs> – 
Somebody's these are hot, making it happen. <laughs> these are hot button issues. And yeah. I, I would dollars to donuts. Most of the politicians who are really gunning for these, these are ways to galvanize votes. They don't really care about don't say gay, but they know it's so polarizing. Queer people have been a political football for decades in this country. Oh, yeah. You can go back to so many different elections. It's a way to fear monger and, and to control power. And I think the thing that I always go back to is like, you know, they say that they care about children until they're actually physically here. Can we get some nice schools? Can we get no guns in schools? Like you don't care about these children. We, I gotta tell here. you, Raiden had their first lockdown. Mm. Uh, yeah, guys, it's been two weeks. Uh, I know so much has happened. Yeah. And while it was uh, related to a student at the school being threatened by a student who wasn't at the school. They had to go through the procedure and, you know, of locking everything down. But like for Raiden and their friends, they were like, their first thought is there's an active shooter in this. Yes. That is a horrible place to have. When I was Columbine, it was 13 when Columbine happened. And so I went to school that was all I knew is that this was something that would be happening. And again, they say that they care about children, except like where were people protecting us when we were kids or things like that? Or like, again, they care about the kids until they're actually here. Like they're even preventing. Don't want to give the rights. Like they don't want the benefits. Yeah. These are the same people many times who are cutting social security, cutting benefits to low income people. They're the first ones to get rid of this COVID. Yes, the relief. And and we barely had that as it was. We barely had that. And then (laughs) COVID's still not over, everybody. It's still not over. All of those benefits, first ones to go. I'm with you. I I was listening to a woman who was speaking on behalf of pro-life talking about how many of these services there are to provide young women who are pregnant with help, like how to, to keep their babies, right. To Mm. help them. And and I was like thinking, but how long, right? right. And one, what if that person has mental health, like severe mental health issues? Okay. They are not Mm going to be able to carry that baby, right. Or Mm. physical Mm -hmm. or financial. And if your answer is, well, they can give it up for adoption, that is a hard Ooh. choice. I don't want yes. you saying now you're going to take right. that baby away just because they can't like, ah! And the adoption and foster system is fucked up in this country. Oh, They're even is. preventing, like, again, too, yes. if we're, we have to, we can't just say you have to have the baby, baby right? Yeah. Okay. You there's got to be something else on the other end of like, so when the kid is here, they're even preventing, there's, there's this, I think a case that's going to be going up against the Supreme Court about, and don't quote me, I might be wrong, but I know there's one circulating about LGBT ad- adoption. Yeah. It's so hard for queer people to even adopt yes. children. There's all these kids who need homes. So it's like, again, if we really made it so it was like a village of like, we're yes. going to help you every step of the way, then maybe it might make it easier for some folks, but it's still their decision. Right. You didn't want to wear a mask and you thought that was your body, your choice. So I don't understand <laughs> how carrying well, a child is not someone's body choice. But I... D- <laughs> I don't know either, James. There <laughs> seems to be a lot of thought put into it up to a point. But yes. I, I, besides screaming into the void, what you just said, I think, is a really good connection. At simultaneously as this right of autonomy and choice over one's own body is happening at the same time that freedoms and rights for LGBTQ yeah. a, especially trans people are being also stripped away. And this notion, I just like that somebody thinks that they know what's best in terms of who can care for a child. Yeah, There's this assumption, I guess, that a 13 year old, you know, rape victim is qualified to have a child, but a gay couple would not be qualified (laughs) to adopt a child. I find that disgusting yep. and angering. Yep. I mentioned at the start of the show that the Raiden has a dance they're mm. going to. First big dance, multiple mm. schools. And the instructions that came home from the hosting school said you cannot wear anything that reveals your shoulders. And I okay. think you're making a great face because <laughs> I, again, let's just take it, break it down. Yeah. Your shoulders 
are too sexy. Hey, there's the <laughs> sexualization of, I guess, of children, of children's like, shoulders. Who, yeah, and you made that they're also wall, saying yes. that those shoulders are so intense that they might trigger Cover boys from being able to contain <laughs> themselves. Yeah. They might just be coming everywhere. And oh like, my God. I, I yes. just, yeah. but that is like a beginning layer. That yeah. leads to who has the right to choose. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like a, the there is a current, I think it's Oklahoma, who just this week got through a bill. I don't think it's like finalized, but that at conception. Yes, I just heard about that. You cannot. Yeah. Yeah. To as which soon as I was fertilized. like, the, the like... best way to stop that would be vasectomies. Yeah. But again, right. it never falls On the men, these young girls, these victims, if we are just looking at victims, Mm -hmm. have to have this child, but there's no system in place for punishment of the people who got the end. There's no, let's just go to education. Would you like education? Right. Again, well, we're not fun. Again, we don't we don't really we don't care about the, we don't care about the kids once we're here. We just need to make sure oh, that they that's are right. here. That's once right. they are here, we don't care about them. And then also to your point, it's sort of like there's all this money that even goes to like it's so easy to get like Viagra, but the mm-hmm. morning after pill, you have to like jump through all these different tubes. Yeah. So it's again, but I think it goes back to your point, Biz, of like who is for the longest time of making these laws. Like even in fact, like women's products, like you know, like tampons are attacks, like and then there's male products that or not right like but you have women have to do all these things of like okay like don't leave your drink out or wear a nail polish that will show if there's like day rape in there how about we just teach men how to not do like (laughs) just teach boys like hey it's a shoulder get the fuck over it like don't pounce on her done like it's not that hard shoulder i know (laughs) i'm like i just you know i only want to live with the gays and i know that that's actually incredibly dismissive some of them are terrible they're also terrible there's a fantasy that they are wonderful I'm going to pop this bubble because yeah, at the end please. of the day, there's but still this- men. Men are awful. Ugh. Men are awful. I have been, I have been groped. I have been assaulted. I have been, like, I had a friend of mine who got roofied at Fire Island. I was like, it's Fire Island. You don't have to roofie anybody at Fire Island. You just say, hey, and they'll be like, hey, and then See, you but go off. <laughs> this is, that. That is a critical link in this whole chain, that the notion, A, the longstanding notion that men cannot be raped and men cannot be assaulted, mm-hmm. as well as the myth that if you are homosexual, mm-hmm. you, I guess we're asking for it, like your lifestyle, right. no, no, like you I want know. to be great. It's like yeah. women who are wearing, showing their shoulders <laughs> were- Well, clearly she was asking for it. She was showing shoulders her shoulders. were out, right? Oh, but like- Other articles that have come out related to all of these topics have suggested such a larger impact that I had not put my brain around until I read it. One was how this could affect college enrollments Mm -hmm. in that Mm -hmm. if young women deciding where to go to college, you have to pick because guys, let's just get real. If this becomes a state issue, you no longer will ever know right now you know it's your option, right? Right. You mm-hmm. know it's your option. Mm-hmm. Let's say it gets overturned in California, you will still know it's your option until a different party wins the governorship, right? right? right, right, right and right, then yeah. suddenly it won't be your right. I mean, like who can live with like every couple yeah. of years that right yeah. being like churned Oof. and turned? So- Now you got to pick a college to go to. And let's say you pick a college that's in a state that has outlawed banned abortion. And then you go home to your state that -hmm. allows it to have it done. Like where are the ramifications of coming back that state going over to the state where you had it? trying to have them arrested or prosecute them. So like all these women are like, well, where am I going to go to to college now? And then I actually had the thought, and I'm not a big overreactor, (laughs) but I, I mean, I like to tell a story. I am. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, right, 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 right. 
I would never be like, well, I can never go live in that state. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. But suddenly we have reached this really remarkable time where I feel like there are places I would not feel safe to raise my kids in. Yeah. Welcome to being a black gay well, man. Black you are now, you are now black. Now oh, you're I'm like, this one's very pearls. familiar. Oh. Okay. I said my children. <laughs> As a woman, I can't even go on a hike before seven o'clock in the morning without the threat <laughs> of my shoulders <laughs> exposed. It's I, hot. I know. But no, I, I think, yeah, there's like many places where you just couldn't. It's, but if you think about it though, the United States, it's for, it's so big. We're it's the size so, of Europe. It, I think that the experiment, than, yeah. the union, it's failing. I think we just need, we be the divided states. I think it's totally fine. I think, you know, someone was saying recently <laughs> that- you really? I don't think this is the union will hold, and I'm fine with if it doesn't. I'm so, I will be the first one to say it. The uh, only thing that really spooks me is that we would then need a very strong California militia because you, your borders are only strong <laughs> as the person that's gonna hold, like fight well, for it. But and, would we would we then open our other border up? <laughs> well, hopefully we can just get annexed by. I think Canada will no. take us. I Do, think I think Canada I think we've got might take us. Okay. But, you know, it's interesting. The, the Brits were saying, they were like, I can't believe y'all are still having this conversation. Like, we had it a few decades yeah. ago. Like, all of Europe, all of Europe, even Spain, which is like a very Catholic country, yeah. they've they put it to bed. And so it's wild that we've been spending like the last 50, 60 years still going back and forth on this. And here it is. We're back all over where we started again. It's I think it's just a very interesting thing of just how like we're still here and everybody else well, has moved on. But you also, we have to like take into account that we are still babies. We are sure, a sure, country sure. that is these other right. countries have around uh, for a while. done lots of horrible things for oh, 100%. ever. Oh, 100%. Where do, where, do we, where do you think we learned it from? I know. Huh? We got to catch Mom up. We've been really trying there. to cram it in <laughs> in our teen years. Really just yeah. get all the awful out. But I have to say, like, I mean, a lot of things keep me up currently. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But let me ask you, and you don't mm. have to know the answer to this, but let's say Roe v. Wade is overturned. Mm -hmm. and it becomes a state's issue. How does that affect the LGBTQ community's rights? Because I keep seeing it tied with marriage as mm -hmm. well. Is it that they could just go back and start saying that sodomy is illegal again or like- I it just depends which court cases go before the Supreme Court. And there are some very interesting ones there. I think there is one that might test. And they're literally like raptors testing the fences. And all of like the Republicans have gotten really good. At, they have all these cases lined up at the state level, ready mm -hmm. to then go to the Supreme Court. For example, we're probably going to see affirmative action also overturned. There's one that they're going to be seeing uh, coming up very soon. This is really like, wild. Do you like the story? Story that goes, I'm sure, with that. And it's the same one that goes with the Roe v. Wade is it's all good now. You don't <laughs> right. need yeah. this you don't need because it. you've um, got it. I mean, I mean, yes, what was that? <laughs> the, but the plaintiff <laughs> that they found was very interesting is that they oh. found, again, they've been, they were looking for a poster child and they actually found some Asian American students yeah. who felt like the reason they didn't get into Yale was because there were these quotas, which is bullshit. There are right. no quotas that universities have. They just found that universities found that their students do better around diverse populations. The data shows, as someone <laughs> going to put my diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging hat Please. on, that businesses that have strong commitments to diversity yeah. do better. They see an increase in better decision-making by 87%, increase in revenue by 19%, increase in retention by 19%, yeah. because you have different people from coming from different areas thinking in different ways, and it just strengthens it. You also have people who are able to tell you if like, hey, don't put that little black boy in a hoodie that says coolest monkey in the jungle because that's racist. H&M, there were no black people in the room. Do you remember that happened? Oh, H&M, there's a campaign. They put a <laughs> Gabe's face right now. Uh, they put there was a campaign for H and M. Was it somebody they, who was so young that they had never no, heard? There were just the, no like, black people in the room, oh and they were like, God. "This is a cute, a cute ad." And then like South Africa banned H and M <laughs> from their stores. So when you. It help, diversity will help you to not make those choices. So anyways, uh, we'll see what ends up <laughs> happening, but universities will still, 
they know that it behooves them to have mm-hmm. a more diverse population. So you said this earlier, our democracy is very, very young and it's also incredibly fragile. Yeah. And it is a participation sport, I think, for so long people and for one reason or another people different groups were not able to participate they were disenfranchised and they were, were like okay that's not really for me but i think what we've learned is is that we all have to actively yeah. participate because it's been great seeing people go out into the streets and because they're going to test the fence and say can i get away with this can i do this it goes back to that poem about nazi germany and then they came for me and, and that's then why, they like, came for me right and that's why every time it doesn't matter like i mean i we need to see more men running out into the streets and and women are exhausted they've been marching and fighting for this for so long so men fucking get to work like you've got to be strong allies i know that for me what this did was bring up a lot of anger and rage that i thought i had worked through none of that Mm. is surprising or new as i talk to a black man (laughs) living in America. The past 100 years have also been upsetting. Mm -hmm. But like you think it is that intersectionality, it is that connection between all of these rights that shows me or reminds me that you can't let any of them go. You know, you have to be just as mad and just as angry and just as rage filled when it comes towards the continued violence against African-Americans at the hands of law enforcement, right? Mm -hmm. You have to be incredibly active in the supporting of, you know, LGBTQ, especially trans kids, their Mm -hmm. rights. You have to be Mm -hmm. like, so every time somebody's like, like, a law or you hear somebody trying to pat like don't say gay what the fuck don't screw yourself like in alabama they just passed out tell me first of all k ivy ran on this can't her ads are so disgusting don't they're so disgusting in the way that she talks about you know god and like you know gender but but they like she ran on this campaign again using this as a football because it galvanizes people angry into the polls and these are children who are very much at risk they are more likely to have psychological harm and so they they've made i think they've banned in alabama puberty blockers and 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 all medical scientists will tell you that they're it's first of all it is reversible so someone yeah. did s- decide that okay no this actually is not you know who i am but at least they got to go through that journey themselves and so they're they're illegal until the age of 19 which is way past when you need a way blocker <laughs> and it's so important the kids that do take them it's so transformative and and, yeah. and it helps and it's so incredibly healing that if that is their journey and their pathway and i also would like to remind people like everyone go look at a fucking history book trans people are are not new every culture (laughs) has it like even like the ancient pacific islanders there's been traditions two-spirited people of indigenous folks they used to be revered as whoa this person has this you know two genders with inside of them or that they are most countries and languages have Mm. words for a third gender Yep, yep, uh, yep. Yeah, don't even get me started after watching <laughs> the seventh graders in my life go through it. It mm-hmm. is, I, mm-hmm. I will never, ever mm-hmm. again be able to look the same. It's clothing. It's clothing. <laughs> yeah. They just get to put on whatever fucking clothing they want. It's not yes. anything like they're <sighs> just figuring shit out and they've yeah. got an opportunity to yeah. not be fucking labeled with yes. garbage. And yeah. It all goes back to that. The importance of diversity, if we mm-hmm. want to bring this all around, put mm-hmm. a pin in it, yeah. expose exposing ourselves <laughs> and our children yeah. to diversity, to people of different faiths, to people mm-hmm. of different ethnicity, to people mm-hmm. of different, like even taking them to a different neighborhood in your town yeah. to go eat food. Dinner. At, yeah. At, yeah, right? Like- there's nothing scary about a restaurant, everybody. No. Go to the restaurant. You try. They <laughs> want to tell you about their food because they're cooking it, right? Yep. Like yeah. that is where it begins when it comes to ending. Oh my God, the isms, the mm-hmm. isms. Listening, getting to learn, getting to know. Those things help 
past that. Like, what do you mean that person can't vote? They've been talking to our like middle school students at our school about the Supreme Court, about what it does, about lobbying, all the stuff. And the questions that they've asked have been magnificent. Like, what do you mean somebody can come in and argue for this just because they have the most money like how is lobbying even legal legal right and then (laughs) they ask all the great questions right and i i just am like allowing those conversations to happen are incredibly beneficial and i'm just gonna go right back to the restaurant thing we just got to stop being scared of shit, everybody. Oh, They're telling yeah. us to be scared. They're telling women to hate each yep. other. Mm-hmm. They're telling us to be scared. of. I have always said it. I will cross the street to stand next to a dark man with a hoodie <laughs> before I am on the same street with white guys in khakis. Okay? Yes! Like, oh, my God. I see a bunch of white guys. Guys in khakis. Like, I'm like, But you really hit the nail on the thing, but maybe that's my, no, I don't know if I'm going to get over that fear. Like, again, I look at the history books, like I, about the, about the khaki people. I don't know. That's a hard one. As a rape victim, that's a hard one too. I'll get there. Yeah. Right. But to, but to your point too, it really does come down to fear because biz, everyone don't do exactly what biz said because like unpacking that fear, because then when they use it, it's a tactic. It like, is Kate a Ivy tactic. used it as a tactic. And when you know that she's telling lies because you know somebody or you've seen that yeah. it's not as scary as you thought. And I think like, I think the biggest, can I show you my, the, I, when I was in Amsterdam, I learned the role of government over there because I'll tell you <laughs> the story. So they had this park. And there was a park where people were having people people were having sex in part in, in the park. Yes. And they were like, some people were like, listen, my kids are here. You know, yeah. I don't want to see it. But some people were like, I want to have sex in the park. And so instead of the government coming <laughs> in, and, but instead I, of the this government, is really where I like to have sex. I like to have sex here. And so instead of the government coming in and be like, nobody could have sex, what they did is they designated a certain part of the park. Sex they area. put up signs yeah, and they said, if park. you don't want to see this. Don't come over here. And it was right. like, that is the role of government. How people are going to do something. How do we create it in a safe space and an environment? Right. So the same thing. You want to have your guns. Okay. I don't. But how do we do it so it's a safe way? Is there a license that you have to take? Certain guns that we don't have there. People are going to do drugs. Yeah. How, what, how can we legalize it? So then, first of all, we get the tax dollars from it and we make sure it's more controlled and it's going to be safer to do sex work. People are, yes. it's the oldest profession. It's because sort- we haven't <laughs> been letting women make other choices. That is why it is the oldest Very profession. <laughs> but like, we were going to do it. So it's like the role of government is how do we create a safe space for people to do it? That's the role. Well, but that is hard to do if you're scared of all the people mm, that and all the things <laughs> of all the, and all the things. And you can't turn on any 24 hour news channel where yeah. it's not trying to terrify you. And we know that, and guys, I know everybody's like, what the fuck was this show about? Well, I'll (laughs) tell you a couple of things. One, it reminds you that everybody and everything we've talked about are normal things. And that if you Mm. are surrounded by people telling you that they are not normal or that they're evil or that they're bad or that they're dangerous, they are not. Mm -hmm. Yes, there are dangerous, horrible monsters in the world, but that is not a whole group otherwise we would have burned this place down a long time ago as women Mm -hmm. so like let's you know get real two i hope it reminds us to not be scared okay don't get me wrong like you said james you have to give yourself time to unpack it Mm -hmm. unpack the things that scare. i will be very honest here i'll be ready for a very honest thing i grew up uh at alabama and the schools that I went to were predominantly African-American, right? Mm-hmm. Just to that is just how the numbers were in Alabama where I grew up. And so I always grew up seeing black people everywhere. They were my right. friends. We were in school yeah. together. Yeah. I never, there was never any fear or hesitancy or anything, right. but that was all I ever saw. Right. <laughs> and so when I moved to Atlanta in my twenties, mm-hmm. I saw people of Hispanic backgrounds for the very first time. I saw Hispanic people for the first time. And I was so keenly aware that Mm. I didn't know how I, I was like, I did the gasp, the clutching Mm -hmm. of my 20 something pearls. pearls. And then I thought, (laughs) uh uh-oh, 
Mm-hmm. That, uh-oh. Right. That can't be right. Mm-hmm. Go get yourself around a bunch of people that look mm-hmm. like this. Mm-hmm. And then I realized mm-hmm. that wasn't a big deal. But mm-hmm. I think part of getting over the fear and part of helping change happen is accepting that none of us are perfect yep. and that none of us, that it, that it does exist. It's all there. All right. the things are there. And we have to forgive ourselves if we just haven't been introduced to something yet, mm-hmm. or we haven't experienced something yet, or if something does make us nervous and try to find out more information. Always can start with books. Yeah. You always can start mm. with TV shows. There's so much like content Good and stuff. media at this point. I know. Like, to immerse yourself into yes. a different cultures, like like uh, like storytelling, all that stuff. And and to business point, you know, I do unconscious bias trainings. Yeah. And the first key takeaway that we learn is like everybody has bias. Yeah. Everybody has bias because our brains are trying to make <laughs> so much information coming oh, out yeah. at one point and we try to simplify things as fast as we can. Unfortunately, what happens is, is that media has compounded onto that mm-hmm. and has told us how to quickly make assumptions about certain things. So we have to do the work to unpack it. And part of it, it's like what you're saying, Biz, is we have to do some unlearning. We have to get outside of your comfort zone and also like admit where you have biases yes. because if you don't admit it, then you're you're not gonna it's not helpful it's not helpful to you know not be called on like i had a coworker of mine and i run diversity equity, inclusion belonging <laughs> and i'm so grateful that they called me out on this yeah. because it was a learning lesson for me was i a little embarrassed absolutely but oh, my yeah. ego is not more important than the work <laughs> and exactly. so they called me out that i i had used in an email I was like oh great let's have a little powwow about that later right. and my manager was like oh no like no, you can't just so you know we don't you don't want to say that you're not part of the indigenous community. And I was like, yeah. Oh my gosh, thank you for telling me. I'm sure I've stepped in it 200 times in just yeah. this one episode, but <laughs> I'd rather put my boots on and yeah. go walking through it. Mm-hmm. than not then keeping right. my shoes clean. I just, yeah. Cause that's where the growth is going to happen, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I always look at it too. as like a call in, you know, it's like a call yeah. in for change instead of being, you know, a call out. And I get the, I get the shame and the embarrassment, but we have to get over that yeah. because oh. everything we just talked about. And I know it seems like we've, it all relates it does. language, educating ourselves and evolving. We have to evolve. James, Biz. I adore you. I adore you. I appreciate you coming on and letting me get some of this off my chest and off my bare shoulders. <laughs> you cover those. You you show your shoulders if you want, Biz. We'll I do will. the work to handle them. It's I not will. our fault you you have such sexy shoulders. I know. <laughs> and I wanna I wanna applaud you, Biz, because you consistently do the work and you get vulnerable and you have these difficult conversations. And I know how much your audience also appreciates it because they're wanting to have a space to wrap their head around these conversations. And so I just really applaud you and the team for leaning into it because it could be being honest and being vulnerable. And and we're going to do this because we have to. We're all going to do the work and continue doing it. We know it's tough, but we're going to do this work so that way the folks behind us don't have to do, they still got to do work. But can we lighten? Because let's be honest. There's always work. Decades of stuff, but can we make it the the load less less for the ones coming behind us? And we're just gonna keep doing it. I hope so. Yeah. Thank you, James. We'll make sure everybody can go find you and Renee every morning, and we can just get to uh, just watch out. Maybe I'll show up too early one morning. Say we didn't have you on the show. Well, no, I should just like I should just echo in and be like, James. James, yes. James, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm going to create. I'm gonna, I'm gonna create a wacky call-in character. I'll be like, Ooh. "Hey, James and Renee." Oh, it's Chandra. Chandra's <laughs> back. <laughs> All right, I love you. Thank you. I love you. Thank you. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Dipsy. Whether it is a warm cup of coffee, basking in warm sunlight, or listening to a sexy story, pleasure is all around us. With Dipsy, your sanctuary is waiting. 
Escape into a world where pleasure is your only priority. I feel like that needs to be on a t-shirt. Well, that is where Dipsy, which is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women, comes in. I can attest to the fact that Dipsy is very accessible, very brief stories that definitely I have been able to find time to work in to my self-care. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash badmother. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipsystories.com slash badmother. dipsystories.com slash badmother. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Coterie. Hey, look, having a baby in your house (laughs) does not provide the best night sleep. One of the things that might help and can lead to less wake-ups and more shut-eye for you is a better diaper. Coterie diapers has up to two times more liquid capacity and up to four times faster moisture wicking versus other brands. You guys with babies know what I'm talking about when I say moisture wicking. Coterie diapers are made with clothing grade material, giving your baby a cashmere-like feel so they're more comfortable for longer day and night. Right now, Coterie is partnering with One Bad Mother to offer you 20% off your first order, plus free shipping at Coterie.com slash badmother. That's Coterie spelled C-O-T-E-R-I-E dot com slash bad mother for 20% off and free shipping. Coterie.com slash bad mother. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius, fail time. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. My genius is that before this dance that Raiden will be attending... I suggested that their friends could come over to our house first and then I could drive them. And if it was more than like three friends, another parent could help drive them. And the genius is I doing this so that my kid and none of these kids have to walk into this strange school filled with like 10 other schools by themselves and try to find their friends. So I felt really good about that. Hi, One Bad Mother. This is a genius. So my three-year-old is at an age where, you know, we still have safety stuff up so he doesn't, you know, throw himself downstairs or anything. <laughs> and, but he's old enough now where he's, like, interest, he's more willing to kind of push back on that, and I, it's harder to redirect him. So my genius is that I tell him that it's all safety stuff for the dog. And I say, oh, you know, we have to keep the gate closed because we don't want the dog to get down, you know. <laughs> or, oh, we did this in the windows because of the dog. So then he's, like, real on board with it. It's like, oh, yeah, we have to keep these windows at a certain level because we don't want our dog to get out. So now he's on the team of safety, and he has no idea that this is all about him, and our dog doesn't care at all about getting into these other places and things. He just wants to sleep all day. Like I do. You're doing a great job, and so am I. Bye. You are doing a good job. Blame it on the dog. I love it. I love this. This is a really good genius because you are right. That three-year-old age is exactly when they're like, but why? But why? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to tear it all down. Why? And to say it's for the safety of the dog, it's just genius. It's just so genius. Good job. Failures. Fail, 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 fail. You suck. So there's sort of two failures here. One, I 
I've somehow just allowed it to be that I guess I am in charge of all things house related, you know, plumbing, you know, you got, when you have a house, you got to like check window screens. Eventually you have to clean your outside of your house. I think you've got to make sure that appliances are running and like the lint filter in your dryer is cleaned out. So it doesn't all burn down. You got to change out filters and, and all of these different things. And one part of the fail is that I've just allowed that to happen and haven't pushed back too much. Cause I also know it's not really one of Stefan's favorite things. The second part is I'm, I've been pretty aware that something's been digging a hole under our house and I haven't done anything about it. And a couple of days ago in the middle of 2.30 a.m., I awake to the sounds of Stefan scooping poop out of the cat box that's in our closet. And I'm thinking 2.35 in the morning, something bad has happened. And like (laughs) Raiden is also up. And the and Raiden and Stefan are like, can you smell that? And I'm like, okay, I can smell everything. And my brain is thinking cat poop. So I'm like, no, I don't smell that. They're like, how can you not smell it? It smells so bad. And I really don't want to get up. I don't want to do any of it. I'm just like, ah, it's fine. Finally, I get up and I'm like, okay, well, actually it smells, It's I think it smells skunky and maybe a little burny right? So that's not good. The Bernie smells not good. So we turned everything. We turned the air, the air conditioner had been on. We turned it off. Stefan went outside smelling things. And I just, I was pretty sure we weren't going to burn down that night. The next day I call the air conditioning people to come out. It's also the hottest day we've had so far. I was like 99 degrees. It was so gross. And the whole house smells like a skunk who was fiddling with electronic wiring. The guy comes out, very nice, checks everything, which is good. Should have had it checked out over the last year and a half anyway. Everything's fine, but he comes back and he says, it is for sure a skunk. And the skunk is right under our air conditioning outdoor AC unit. So when the AC unit, you know, sucks up air from the outside, it's sucking up the skunk smell and releasing it into our house. And so we had a guy named Trapper Dan came, set a trap. The skunk has been caught and is being rehomed. I have a sinking suspicion, or should I say a stinking suspicion, that maybe there was more than one skunk under the house because there's still a little odor. But just like the first time, I'm just going to ignore it for now. <laughs> Hi, Biz. I'm calling with a fail. Today, I tried to tell my daughter, who is seven, that fair is the F word. And she looked at me and said, oh, is that the good F word? And I said, yeah. And she said, mommy, is the bad F word fuck? And I just started laughing (laughs) and said, yes, yes, it is. So, uh, then I clarified that she shouldn't say that one at school. And she goes, no, I would never say that, Mommy. But, you know, apparently F is for fail and fair and fuck. So we're all doing a great job here. All right. Have a great day. Bye. I think this is brilliant. You're doing a horrible job because the only place that seven-year-old could have learned the F word is from you, Mom. I had a teacher who used to say, when we would be whining and complaining about like however much we had to read for school, it wasn't fair. It wasn't fair. And she would say, the fair only comes once a year. I thought that was pretty good. I use that one all the time. But more honestly, I use the other F word more. So you're doing a horrible job raising a child with a well-rounded vocabulary. You are the greatest mom I've ever known. You're a 
in a theater, the lights go down. You're about to get swept up by the characters and all their little details and interpersonal dramas. You look at them and think, that person is so obviously in love with their best friend. Wait, am I in love with my best friend? That character's mom is so overbearing. Why doesn't she just stand up to her? Oh God, do I need to stand up to my own mother? If you've ever recognized yourself in a movie, then join me, Jordan Cruciola, for the podcast Feeling Seen. We've talked to author Susan Orlean on realizing her own marriage was falling apart after watching Adaptation, an adaptation of her own work, and comedian Hari Kondabolu on why Harold and Kumar was a depressingly important movie for Southeast Asians. So join me every Thursday for the Feeling Scene podcast here on Maximum Fun. Video games. Video games. Video games. You like them? Maybe you wish you had more time for them. Maybe you want to know the best ones to play. Maybe you want to know what happens to Mario when he dies. <laughs> In that case, you should check out Triple Click. It's a podcast about video games. A podcast about video games? But I don't have time for that. Sure you do. Once a week, Kickback as three video game experts give you everything from critical takes on the hottest new releases to scoops, interviews, and explanations about how video games work to fascinating and sometimes weird stories about the games we love. Triple Click is hosted by me, Kirk Hamilton. Me, Jason Schreier. And me, Maddie Myers. You can find Triple Click wherever you get your podcasts and listen at MaximumFun.org. Bye! All right, everybody, let's settle in for a mom having a breakdown. Hi, this is a breakdown. It's an hour and a half past my contract time. And I had to be at work a half an hour before my contract time. And my one-year-old slept in. So I've literally only seen him for 10 minutes today, and I've been at work for 10 hours. And I know that when I get home, it's bedtime. And it just feels so cruel. Anyway, I'm supposed to, you know, get it together now because my husband's been with them for 10 hours, and so he's tired. And I can't just walk in and dump but I hate working so much. I just want to be with my babies. Thank you for the hotline. First of all, you are doing a really good job. That is really difficult. One, working 10-hour shifts or any anything similar to that for work is incredibly stressful and hard and you have a one-year-old and that is stressful and hard and you're still like (laughs) the impact of a one-year-old in your house is not something to be ignored your sleep is disrupted your body is disrupted your energy is disrupted, your emotions are disrupted, and you are now being asked to go out and do all this work and I guess come back totally ready to go. Everybody understands this. Like, it's really great that your partner is able to watch the one-year-old while you are working. And you're right. You're right. They, they do want to just pass you that baby the moment you come home. That is exactly what they want to do. They are tired. They don't want to hear about it. Just like you don't want to hear about it. You're tired too. This is a big part of the relationship when there are really young kids in your house. And it does feel like too much. It does feel unfair. It does feel impossible because. It actually is impossible, yet somehow you are doing it. And I just want you to know that one, you are absolutely not alone in how you feel about this. And two, that I see you, we see you, we all see you. This is a lot. This is absolutely too much. And you are really doing an amazing job. All right, everybody. 
You all are also doing a great job. I know that James and I just touched on a fraction of the things going on in the world that are affecting us all right now, either as individuals or as people with kids in our house. And it can feel overwhelming and very scary. And I I see you. I am going through many of these things myself. I know that the threat of Roe v. Wade being turned over and just having to listen to discussions that include the topic of sexual assault and rape, for me, is very difficult to have to hear every day when I turn the news on. (laughs) So, and that's just like one part of all the things that could be triggering us. If you have had a miscarriage, this is difficult to have to listen to. If you have been trying and struggling to have children, it's all very difficult to listen to. If you have had to make the incredibly difficult choice of having an abortion, this is hard to listen to. If you are a person with a uterus in the world, (laughs) this is hard to listen to because somebody's telling you you don't get to make a choice about what's best for you. And that is frustrating. And it's just one part of all of the things that seem to be going off kilter in the world for us. So let's do that thing I try to do when the world gets too overwhelming. I look at my kids and I try to help provide them opportunities to be the change in the world. That is a place I can always start and I always have control over when it comes to what I introduce them to, what I share with them about my own life and about the lives of those around them. It doesn't have to be so apocalyptic when we have a chance to help our children become that next wave of change. I don't know if I said any of that right, but I see you and I hear you and I appreciate you. And I'll talk to you next week. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low We'd like to thank Max Fun, our producer, Gabe Mara, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash One Bad Mother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash join. Well, daddy, baby, bustin' by, I throw down mama blue. Oh, said daddy, baby, bustin' by, I throw down mama blue. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.